So, my dear brothers and sisters, you're very welcome to our Mass today, also to uh, our ladies' retreat ongoing this weekend. It's been great to have you around and to hear the uh, extra singing voices in the chapel and all of your harmonies, and uh, great to see you uh, walking around the grounds well, having your morning walking rosary. Great way to start the day after the enormous feeds we've been having. Um, thank you very much for your presence because we get fed better when, when you're here. So much appreciated. Uh, so just yesterday we were, I was doing a bit of cleaning up around the place, uh, just making sure everything is where it's supposed to be. And I walked into the community room, just taking out a few plates, a few random mugs that end up there. And I came across a list. It's a list compiled by, um, by our community. And it was a list compiled um, of things to do to Father Patrick on April Fool's Day. <laughs> now, this list includes, but is not limited to, wrap car in cling film, lock all doors in the morning, put his bike up for sale on Dundee, <laughs> replace sugar with salt to make sure that his porridge is sufficiently poisoned, and so on. Cream jumpers, blue shirts, I'm not sure what that means, but it's something bad, whatever it is. They're jealous of my cream jumpers and my grey shirts. They are grey, they're not blue, whatever, this is, this is grey, there's always a debate every morning, that's grey, it's not blue. Okay, so, the interesting thing is, when one approaches said community members, um, uh, revealing the fact that one is in possession indeed of the list, uh, their, their evil strategies and plans. Uh, what's very interesting is the reaction afterwards, right? The reaction afterwards is a, a kind of an embarrassment mixed with shame. Uh, and after the embarrassment, the, the period of embarrassment and shame, right, there is a period, quite a long period actually, of suspicion, right? <laughs> not, not from my part. Uh, from there, so you talk to them and then afterwards they're like, you know, like, like a, a day afterwards, are you still mad? Like, I wasn't mad in the first place. Um, are, you, are you still mad? Are you still annoyed at us? No, I'm not annoyed at you. No, it's fine. It's fine. I said it was fine, which from a fellow's perspective, perspective means it is actually fine. If a woman says it's fine, it, it, it doesn't mean it's fine. It's not, it's not, it's not even close to fine. Okay. All right. So when I said it's fine, I actually mean it's fine. Um, but it, di it did get me thinking about how, how we react to God when we have fallen, okay? And even if you go back a little further, Adam and Eve, right, they're fall. So they, 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 they doubt God's goodness. They doubt even God's, God's fatherhood, right, that God will provide. There's this tempter who tells them that God is actually holding back, okay? So he's given you everything here in the Garden of Eden, but ultimately there's a tree here that he doesn't want you to have. There's a certain amount of power here that he doesn't want you to have. But you can't have it. All you have to do is take it. Take what you want from God, steal from God, and then you will be happier. It's the, very same it's the very same temptation all of you and I have today. You know, sin, basically. Take what you want from the world or from this other person. Take what you want, take what you need, and you will be happier. Steal it. Steal your joy. Steal the goodness of the world, and you will be happier. A typical temptation, the very same one as Adam and Eve ha had in, in, in Eden. And what's interesting then is afterwards, so after they sin, what do they do? Well, they hide. They hide. And, and they're suspicious of God. So now rather than you know, walking with God as, as they once did, they're now suspicious of God. God. God is going to be mad, isn't he? God is going to be, God, is going to be, God won't love us anymore. So they, they hide from God. Just like we can, as such, hide from each other when we know we've fallen or when we've fallen short of the mark. 
and I think it's, there's something, it's, it's something very interesting about, about the human heart. When we, when we discover these, uh, our, our, when we discover our fragility, we discover our, our, our brokenness, we discover these, these parts of our hearts that we don't like. And we become quite suspicious of others and kind of keep others far away because I think ultimately, because of the, the, there are these parts of ourselves that we don't like, maybe we don't think that anybody else could like us either. Because if, if, I'm, if I'm kind of disgusted about these parts of myself, how could anybody else really love me? If they, if, they actually, if they actually knew me, if I actually let them in, if they actually knew my heart, they couldn't love me. Because look at all, this, look at all these, kind of these areas of my heart, these rooms in my heart that are just embarrassing or shameful or weak. You know, if you, if you experience addiction or something, and you just kind of, you're annoyed at your own weakness. You're annoyed that you keep falling into it. You keep falling into it. Why do I keep doing this? I'm so annoyed at my own weakness. If anybody were to know how weak I am, could they actually love me? And so it causes us to keep everyone kind of at arm's distance, really. You know, we just keep, yeah, we're all, they're all there. As long as they're out there, that's okay. But no one gets in here. And as, even, even, and I can do the very, very same to God. You know, like, like God, yeah, yeah, he's there, and I do the mass thing, and I do the kind of the prayer thing, but uh, we'll keep God, you know, at arm's length. Then it's safe. Because if I can't love me, if there are these parts of me that I don't like, I don't accept, how could anybody else? And it's, it's a, I think it's a very, very common temptation that we have to doubt, to doubt our own, to doubt that we can be loved, to doubt our own goodness, if, I, if we can phrase it that way, to doubt our own worth, doubt our own value, and doubt that God could actually love you as you are. In our gospel, uh, it's it's a, an, a, a it's a beautiful a beautiful story. Um, we won't have time to go into all of the, the wonderful details. There are just one or two things I wanted to hone in on, if I may. So Lazarus dies and is in the tomb, and he's in the tomb for four days. And the the traditional burial practices at the time were to wrap. Uh, the person in cloths, they didn't use coffins like we do, they wrapped them in cloths, and in, within those cloths then there would be spices and different kind of perfumes. Uh, that's also to mask the fact that in a warm country, uh, a deceased body is going to, um, well, you know, it's not going to smell great within a very short space of time. Uh, so this is, this is what they say when, when uh, Jesus says, where have you put them? Uh, Martha says, my Lord, uh, he's in the tomb four days. By now, he's going to smell, right? It's, 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 a, it's a graphic kind of a, it's a very earthy kind of a thing to say, really, isn't it? Isn't it similar when we, as I say, we discover these, these, these heavy parts, these sad parts, these dark parts of our hearts, these embarrassing parts of our hearts, these parts of our hearts that we're ashamed of, and we close them off. And what happens when we begin to close them off? Well, they begin to fester don't they? They don't get better on their own. Time passing doesn't actually change them. Time passing doesn't make them better. They get better when they're brought out into the light. They get better when they're brought into the Lord. This is, this is where our healing comes from. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So we bring these problems out into, out into the light. Left buried, they, they fester. Left buried, they stink. And it, it, it can be a, it can be a, a difficult process to bring our real selves, our real hearts, our 
closed off areas, to bring them out into the Lord, that can be hard. That can be difficult. The Lord is very gentle, though. This, this is why like, a, a, a regular prayer life is so important because this doesn't have to be done in one go. It could be. Sometimes, sometimes it does happen that there's a, you know, a healing ministry or whatever happens and, and all of a sudden there's a, a sudden jump uh, in, your, yeah, in the healing of your heart. But it can also ha- happen gently through the, the regular prayer, regular time with the Lord as we begin to let him in deeper and deeper and into those recesses of our hearts that we don't like. And I, I just love this line, and I, I always have to kind of almost hold back the tears like when I hear it, because um, the dead man came out, his feet and hands bound with bands of stuff and, cloth, and a cloth around his face, and Jesus says, unbind him. It's just this command, you know? Jesus, who has prayed to the Father and asked for this miracle, not for himself, but for the others that they might believe. And then there's this like divine command, Jesus calling out, unbind him, let this person be unbound. They've been bound by sickness. They've been bound by death or even this, this spirit of death. This idea like that, that life is not good, that life has no hope and everything will just pull you down. There was a man I was talking to recently and uh, it was well, actually recently, it was at Christmas and uh, we got offered a couple of bottles of whiskey here as Christmas presents, which obviously we, won't, we, we don't use, you know, so as just as clear, we don't. So a, a guy came to visit and I offered him, I said, actually, do you want a, a, a little Christmas present of a bottle of whiskey? And he says, no, no, no. He says, I, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. And I said, I, I didn't know. I, I know him for years. I said, sorry, I didn't, I didn't know that. We said, I'm, I'm dry now for the last 25 years. 25 years dry, but still calls himself an alcoholic because he knows that it's just one drink away. That, that fall, that drop off the cliff is one drink away. So he knows there's, there's this part in his heart that's, that's fragile. There's this part in his heart that's, that, that there's always that risk of falling, right? But he does actually try and walk with the Lord, recognizing this is my weakness, this is where I need God. And so even though, as I say, he struggles with this, or, or that temptation is only just, I say, one drink away, that must be so hard, in fairness, that must be so, so difficult. The Lord has unbound him. The Lord has unbound him. And like, as, as you look at your life, you look at your past, you look at, at where you've been rejected or hurt. And this can go the whole... Uh, it's, it's so interesting that, that, that as we get older, as I said, these things don't just heal because time passes. When you get into a, a deeper conversation with people, they can be 50, 60 years of age and say, in primary school, I was called. Primary school. It could be 50 years beforehand. But it hurt and it never really left me. Just this, this, this whatever it was, I was bullied or I was put down or I was always compared to my older brother who was a genius... Uh, and, and these, these hurts, we, we, we carry them with us. But this is the, like, so just one of the many beautiful aspects of our faith, that the Lord knows your heart. He knows your heart as it is. And he knows your fragility. And he knows your mistakes. And he knows where you've fallen short. And he looks at you. And he knows you. And he loves you. And if it's necessary, if we require it, with his divine voice, he commands, may you be unbound. May you be set free. May you discover what it's like to actually be alive. Not just kind of tolerate life and drag yourself through it, but to actually be alive. 
to be full of light and joy and peace and then to let that radiate out to all of those around you. I've been given something, but it's not for me. Even the healing I've been given, the joy I've been given, isn't for me. It's for everyone else. It's supposed to pass through me to others. And this is, this is, our, this is our faith. Because we've been set free, because we've been consoled, we console others with the same consolation that we ourselves have received from God, as St. Paul tells us. So you and I have this great journey that we've probably already embarked upon, most of us, I imagine. This journey of revealing the, the real us to God. Our, our hearts as they are, limited and broken and fragile. All these parts that we don't want anyone else to see because we think if they saw them, they wouldn't like us. They wouldn't actually love us. So we wall them up. We keep everyone far away. Do you want to let the Lord into your tomb? Do you? Do you want that stone to be rolled away? Do you want that light to break into that darkness and that place of festering, that place of death, that place of illness, that place of weakness and fragility? Do you want the light to break in? Do you want to accept those words of the Lord? Unbind him. Unbind her. Do you want to hear those? Do you want to let those words be alive and active and powerful in your life? Or do we just remain spectators? He wants to heal you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to experience true, lasting joy. He wants you to love yourself, to know your heart and see our weaknesses, yes, and recognize that they're there, but not be defined by them and not be limited by them. So often we just have to go back to the basics of our faith. You are a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God. Everything else stems from that. But like, no child is loved less because they dirty their nappy. That's kind of part of the process. No child is loved less because they fall off their bike when they're learning to cycle. No child is loved less when they find school difficult and maybe get into a bit of trouble because they're, they're acting up. They're not loved less. Yes, there are things that they can improve, sure, sure, sure. But they're not loved less because they're fragile. They're not loved less because they're weak. You might even love them more. Our weaknesses are not an obstacle to God's love. They're not. They never were. So we ask the Lord today to help us to receive these healing words into our own lives. That as his divine command rings out, or rang out 2,000 years ago, may it ring out today in my life and in my heart. Unbind him. Let him go free. Amen. So dear brothers and sisters, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you all for joining us on YouTube or on Paving the Way Home or on Spotify, wherever you've listened to these homilies. Thank you so much for being part of our mission and for continuing to support our mission. It was a great gift that during lockdown uh, we could branch out or broaden uh, our, our outreach so much uh, through technology. So it was, that's been a wonderful privilege and honour. Uh, I'd ask two things, if I may. <clears throat> One, that we'd really appreciate your prayers for our mission. So we have our young people here with us this year. 
and then there are also there's a youth ministry, family ministry, and hopefully in the near future, men's ministry, which we hope to engage in. So we'll ask for your prayers for uh, all of those outreaches. And if you feel that the Lord is calling you to support us also financially, uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, running a place like this is is not cheap, and uh, we do need uh, benefactors' help to, to keep the show on the road and to keep our doors open and to keep this place of formation uh, alive for uh, the young people that come to us. We have opened our applications for next year as well. So if you know anybody who might like to apply, they can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie. And also, if you'd like to make any donations, you can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie, or send us an email if you'd like to uh, arrange some other form of donation. But we would be greatly, greatly appreciative of any support that you can give us uh, through your prayer and through your financial support. All right. So God bless, and we're praying for you here in Holy Family. <laughs>